Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Tech Bite with Mark Strauss. And now, Mark Strauss. There it is, Mr. Mark Strauss. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Bill Gog and Big Al and Coach. How are you guys? Good, yourself? We're doing wonderful. Fabulous. Spectacular. Well, first of all, you know, it's wonderful when the mayor really gives me an intro. I mean, he just really opened this up for me. I have a story for you guys. Before we do crypto, let's mm-hmm. go back to 1988, Westwood. And Westwood is a little village in Los Angeles. And um, in, the West, in the Westwood Cemetery, my father, Raymond Strauss, is buried right next to Donna Reed. And I figured he's getting the best breakfasts ever and I'm really uh-huh. envious because can you imagine his heaven? Donna Reed serving him night and you know day and night. Wow. So anyway, just a little bit of a piece of trivia. And at that cemetery, which is ultra small, like a teeny little cemetery in Westwood, and it's behind a movie theater and a big, huge high rise, and it's just like this little blot inside Westwood. If you look at it on a map, mm-hmm. there is also um, Marlon Monroe, and she's there also. So it's a very interesting cemetery. I just thought it's, I would add that as a little it, bit of trivia. It sounds like it is. All right. So while we're on that, <clears throat> who's your favorite TV mom? <sighs> you know, I didn't really grow up with American television, but okay. I grew up with the one I could get was Leave It to Beaver. And I'm sorry, I cannot remember what that mom's name was. But Bar- that's what June I Cleaver. Mrs. Mrs. Beaver. No, June, yes. June Cleaver, Barbara Billingsley. Yeah. Thank you. And you covered me on that. There you go. You got it. All right. All right. I I want you to cover me in this other thing because I am really, really, really interested in today's topic. And you know what? This might end up having to be a a two-parter also because this is such a cool and potentially um, controversial topic. But let's start off with crypto and faith and the edge beyond the reach of government. First of all, cryptocurrency from its very onset has, has two reputations. It has a reputation for bribing the people freedom and has a reputation for allowing people to buy um, stuff on the dark web, for example, illicit drugs and guns and other things without having any form of accountability because the currency is anonymous. So a lot of people consider cryptocurrency already negative, and I think that is a shame. And I'm now today going to explain what cryptocurrency is, and I would love the audience to draw their own conclusion after they've given this a chance. So I think what you've heard in the media and what you've heard about cryptocurrency, most people, is either really good things or really lousy things. But I found the middle ground is really hard to come by, and I'm kind of in the middle on it. I think... This is a miracle concept, but I don't know if its implementation worldwide will be quite what everyone thinks it's going to be because nothing that man creates ever turns out the way we think it's going to turn out. So today I'm going to give, it, give you cryptocurrency in its pure form, and perhaps we'll do another show about cryptocurrency and its evils. Okay. Is that a deal? Done. So today, cryptocurrency topped... 40K per Bitcoin 
and I'm just going to talk about Bitcoin. There are other. Wait, it's forty thousand for a Bitcoin. Are you kidding me? Yes, it's forty thousand dollars for one Bitcoin, and today it's tracking at thirty-six thousand dollars per Bitcoin. So its max was at forty. Jeez. So what's super important about Bitcoin is the first decentralized digital currency. All Bitcoin transactions are documented on a virtual ledger called the blockchain, which is accessible for everyone to see. Super important. Try to go to a bank and say, show me your assets and show me your balance sheet and your ledger. You will never see it. It's private. But on Bitcoin, everyone who uses Bitcoin, accesses Bitcoin, can see every single transaction of Bitcoin starting from the very first one all the way to where we are today. Super okay, can, can I stop you real, uh, real, real quickly? Can, can I stop you on, on that? You heard the story recently about the guy who had uh, $220 million of Bitcoin, and he forgot his password, and it was gone, right? Right. Okay, so well, if it's transparent, why couldn't somebody trace that bang and say, oh, yeah, he's right, it was his? Bulldog, you're, you're ahead of me. And oh, sorry. Why don't we do this? I will answer that question at the end because okay. I need to explain a few things to make that to, to actually bring that in to, to draw that picture because okay, that sorry. is one of the coolest stories, which is obviously a super negative about Bitcoin. But we will get into that in a second. So now that you've got this uh, accessible currency to everyone and everyone can see the ledger, Bitcoin gives you complete control over your money, unlike any other asset which we own. Because every other asset we own, and I want everyone to think about this, that is money, gold, materials, is all governed by either a government or a banking system. And the difference between Bitcoin and banking is banking keeps a centralized ledger of every transaction that you make with your money. And there's two types of money, digital currency and paper money. Now, the government treats paper money as a fiat by decree. So when they give you paper money, you are receiving paper money in the trust in the United States of America. When, you, you know, when you're given a Bitcoin, you're probably wondering, well, what is a Bitcoin? How can anyone trust a Bitcoin? So instead of the Bitcoin being backed up by literally the United States government's reputation, a Bitcoin is backed up by a completely transparent ledger and a process in which each coin is made by a progressively hardening algorithm that keeps getting harder to make a Bitcoin with. So Bitcoin 1, for example, would take five minutes to make. Now we're up to Bitcoin taking for a single user with maybe five computers. They would take them months and months and months to create one Bitcoin. So the concept is the algorithm keeps getting harder. The Bitcoin becomes more has more worth, and what you're buying is you're buying something that's taken a lot of energy to create. One of my huge negatives about Bitcoin, and no one wants to really fess up about this, is Bitcoin actually takes a huge amount of energy to create. I want to repeat what I just said. You create Bitcoins by crunching numbers and using the fastest computers you can get, and the fastest computers will Make a Bitcoin first, and if you make a Bitcoin first as a Bitcoin farm, guess what? 40K, guys. But you can appreciate. It's like going to Vegas. It's, it's, it's very hard to do. 
So people are joining up to create mega farms. I'm talking about thousands of servers working together, and they fracture the Bitcoin after they make it among all the participants. But what's really hard is you might think 40K or 36,000 per Bitcoin is a lot of money. But the truth is, to make that Bitcoin has proportionally become so much harder. There's so much energy and investment has to go in to create one Bitcoin, and anyone can do it. You or me could right now set up a Bitcoin farm. The problem is it, you could not create a Bitcoin with the fastest graphic cards and computers for probably a year right now. Now, I want to tell a little story. About seven years ago, I went to Montreal to meet with an um, an ex-programmer who had worked with me at ANC, my day, my day job. And Anton had created in his living room a crypto farm. And he was so excited to tell me about it. And my wife and I walked into his apartment, which was a two-room apartment. And his whole living room had become a cryptocurrency farm. And in order for him to keep the noise down for his neighbors because of the amount of fans he needed to keep all of his computers from overheating, he had created a complete like rig and a big box to put all of his computers in, literally the biggest box you, you've ever seen. The whole living room is pretty much the box. He put his, all his custom pooling in there. And he was so proud because the night I met him, he had just created his first Bitcoin, guys. Now, this is a day when Bitcoin, I think, was tracking around 500 hours of Bitcoin. And the problem was, at that time, was he was having a hard problem with the amount of electricity he was drawing to the amount of Bitcoin he could create. So eventually, Anton could no longer create Bitcoins because the algorithm became so big for him to crack that if this makes sense, his chances of cracking it was in going into the months, meaning he would use more electricity than the worth of the coin. So what is super important about this lesson is is Bitcoin started as a user farmable item, something that any consumer could go and do. But today, Bitcoin is really relegated to huge server farms and companies joining together to create mass amounts of computer power to create the currency. And why do people trust Bitcoin to do all this? Because there's a huge amount of money going into Bitcoin to create these farms. Much of the trust in Bitcoin comes from the fact that it requires no trust at all. I want you to hear what I just said. Bitcoin requires no trust because Bitcoin with its ledger being on everyone's computer means unlike a bank, if you think you've been gypped, you can go to the ledger and look at it. But now I'm going to answer Bulldog's big question. How could $200 million get completely lost by someone not having a password. Right, Bulldog? You're really right. intrigued by that. Yep. Well, it's easy. The ledger is all, will show you every transaction, but every transaction is encrypted to the user's password, and that is how the whole system works. So the reason you can trust cryptocurrency is that cryptocurrency is completely encrypted from its very start, unlike a bank. But the transactions are anonymous but completely transparent. Is that a hard concept? I agree. They're it's anonymous. They're anonymous but completely transparent. Got because it. you're looking okay. at the hash chains. You might mm -hmm. not be able to read who did what, but you know how much money transacted in that yeah. transaction. So okay. it's anonymous, but it's totally transparent. 
All right, one more question on you. You're, let's go back to Anton's crypto farm. When you're mining, because he was he was mining bitcoins. When there's right. a finite number of bitcoins that can ever be mined, correct? Ditto, hypothetically, and I think those limits have been monkeyed with a little bit, but the idea is the algorithm will get to the point you can no longer produce a Bitcoin. So the theoretical limit, Bulldog, will happen no matter what. You, you under, I mean, eventually, to create a Bitcoin is going to take the, the computing power of the world to do. Okay, so, so that's the reason why it's finite. Not because the people who invented it said, we're only allowing this many, but it's got, that's as far as we could possibly go. Correct. I, are you guys familiar? And if anyone isn't, take a look. And if you've not done this, and if, if you're a person who's been not in school for a while, take a look at a fractal. You can find many of them online. A fractal graphic that will show you the ever-ending zoom of a fractal. The idea is you look at a fractal pattern, and you can keep zooming, and you probably remember this in school, and you can keep zooming and zooming and zooming, and a fractal keeps going. Cryptocurrency is the same thing. But as you're zooming into that fractal, the math is getting more and more and more intense. And there's more and more numbers attached to each fractal as you, shall we say, zoom in. So think of it as I believe the best way to describe cryptocurrency is the same beauty that's inside a fractal that keeps, as you're watching it, allowing you to zoom into any portion of it to create new universes. And that is really the, the concept behind crypto. It's the idea of using math, which can be beautiful, and using math to create something of value. And what I like about it is it doesn't rely effectively on governments or banks to basically control the flow of money. And now is what, where we come to the edge. Beyond the reach of government. You better believe that right now, the number one thing the government and banks and all financial institutions don't like about Bitcoin is, is that they have no direct control over it. Number two, look at Robinhood. What just happened? I'm not going to go over I was, that. You know, I was, sure just gonna, to I, I was just going to talk to you about, about that. I was just going to ask right. you. You know what? Uh, hey, Mark, unfortunately, we, we've got to run. Uh, our, our time is short, but damn, because I was just going to ask you about that. Maybe, maybe we'll sneak you in one more day this week. Do you have any more time? Yes, I do. You want to do this? We can do this tomorrow. Let, let, yeah, let, let me have Marla get in touch with you because I, I definitely wanted to talk to you about this. Okay? Let's continue this. I said it might be a two-parter. It's very yeah. complicated, but very cool.